<laughs> I'm really happy we're doing this. It's actually weird feeling. Even it's, though it's take five for me, it's still very weird feeling. But I think it's 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 every level of exposure is going to bring new new feelings. I mean, we've had these conversations right hundreds of times over how many years? So yeah. it's kind of just putting it more on display. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess that's the that's the fear that it's not a controlled environment. Mm -hmm. Like a podcast, a video, YouTube, it's so uncontrolled. If it's free flow talking that just the two of us listen to, it's like, okay, it's very controlled because I know you, you, you know me. Put a camera on us and now it's like it just feels different inside for me. But I think it's interesting because you have to be honest about what, what is that control in my head when you say that. What I'm thinking is, is that the trust that I have in you creates a container. So I get to talk off camera. True. Yeah. So I get to choose what I get to say, and so that through that choice, I'm kind of appreciating the container that I'm taking. Now I'm trusting to that container enough where I get to go and and share that. So I don't have control. <laughs> and here there is there it's it's magnified. Yeah. That lack of control is magnified, and I think with time it becomes okay. Like every part of fear. I mean the the. If I think about the way I control things, I control things because really I'm going to wind up being insecure about trusting and I'm right. insecure about letting go. Right. So um, part it's of my fear camera, about man. part of my fear about doing this. I mean, there's always a camera. <laughs> That's true. That's how I grew up. I I Shamas. So I never I never grew up that way. I mean, I grew up with that way, but it was a lot more scarier in my head than. I guess seeing myself wherever it is that we're going to wind up putting this thing. But anyways, the the, the fear I, I I see inside of myself over sharing something like this is it, it leaves me more open to be scrutinized or praised, and being received on that end is going to be uh, very very interesting. I think the older I get, the more I real, the more out there I'm going to be, and more exposed I'm going to be, and. How does that actually the more feel? out there you want to be the more out there yeah. I want to be and the more out I, the more out there um, I guess people want to be it's like I can stay with the job I had 15 years ago mm -hmm. and I can say okay I want to change that I want more of that mm -hmm. and then I can say okay I want to podcast where I'm at and that puts me really on four steps further than where I'm even now because it puts me into a situation where I get to actually own it yeah okay so let's rewind where did we meet <laughs> In what is it 15 no it's 13 years about 13, 13 years ago years, i walked into a workshop it was chauffeur yeah an organization called chauffeur in morristown in morristown i came in on friday now i know that they were there thursday mm -hmm. and i pulled up friday and the goal was to help me better and change my life mm -hmm. and mo was uh i don't even know what exactly you were because i didn't know you mm -hmm. i know i know how i saw you and at the time you were I'm close to the lead person who is Simcha. Mm -hmm. So you were close to him and you were a facilitator, which means you did um, some of the work that we did on the workshop. Mm -hmm. And actually, I don't know if you remember, um, I didn't really connect with you my first workshop that Not I went to, <laughs> right? It was Simcha. Mm -hmm. and it was like he was looked at the, like the prize. Mm -hmm. The prize. If I get to experience a process on that retreat with mm -hmm. him, that's like I got my money's worth. But um, I saw you and I watched you and... You stood out in your own ways, and years, years later, here we are. I'm sitting <laughs> and schmoozing. So, um, yeah. So, definitely, definitely wasn't an evolution. I think by the time we met, I was in Shofa probably around for four years. And then when I moved back to the States from Israel, 
You saw you lived in, in Israel for three years. Really? You didn't know this? Yeah, that's why we're doing it on camera. There's so many things that we the know stuff, and we don't yeah, know about each other. Yeah, because half the stuff that I learn in conversation throughout the years is we're just talking. And I think today we decided to just put a camera on it. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, I was in yeshiva for three years. And mm-hmm. then the first year that I was there, I immediately... Um, it became really apparent to me I needed to figure my stuff out. That mm-hmm. the journey wasn't just in learning, but it was also learning myself. So I found a therapist, a really, really, really good therapist. Uh, specialized in trauma work and inner child work. And um, I think within two weeks of working with him, he showed me Shofar. I did Shofar there for three years. In you the did Shofar in the States? Like in no, Israel. in Israel. In Israel? In Israel. Um, Who ran it? Simcha? Uh, no, one of, one of uh, the people that was kind of born into the organization mm. brought it to Israel. Simcha would come back and forth, back and forth. When I moved in, and I grew in the organization, then in the follow-up groups and facilitating and doing my own work in therapy, when I would come back in the summer, I started facilitating here in the workshops in the States, and then grew in that by the time I reached. Um, so you participated, and you right away came back as staff? I participated. And- I came back as staff, I think, about two or three months afterwards. And I, I never stopped. Right. <laughs> it became until, this until a few months ago. It became this wonderful um, evolution of my work. There are things I was doing in therapy that I would continue in group. Things that I would start in group that I would continue in therapy. And and how did you get? Did you know Simcha before you participated no. in a workshop? No, no, no. no I so s- I walked in and I saw you on a workshop, and then you walked in and you saw Simcha on a workshop, and you're like, you wanted to become a Simcha. You said, I want to run this thing, or you're no, like... No, 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 no. I, never, I never wanted to run this thing. It wasn't it wasn't an, an interest of me to be him, but I wanted to understand him. I, I, I loved his, his compassion and his ability to connect and really mm. go after what was really going on, the issue with the issue, with, if you will, with, with the participants. And I appreciated his teachings. I was learning intensely on my own, but then I was... He had this... Has this way of trying to find the relevance of Judaism in the inner work. Now, and over years, I just learned how to deepen that process and develop it and evolve from there. I still talk to him about once a year, um, if that. But right. um, I, by the time we met, I was, right. I was already living in New York, um, staffing these workshops. We started getting into different Jewish communities, the Chabad community, and then there was a workshop that we met. And then over time... I believe you came back once I or twice. I came back to, I think I came to two, I don't remember, but I was definitely, my last workshop was one advanced workshop. Yeah, the facilitation training got, workshops, yeah. and then we started. Yeah, that's it started, and the way to start was to participate in a certain amount of workshops, so that's what I mm-hmm. did. And then it closed, and I was like, okay, what now? I had no, I, I knew nothing about inner work, emotional growth. I knew that, that place feels good, so I just want to keep going there. But you, you touched and, on a certain point that that any good facilitator knows that they need to be action, be a participant yeah. in the process that they're facilitating. Yes. Um, many people see it. They're like, oh, I can do this and then then go. But they don't they don't actually appreciate the the effort and the time that we it takes to running your today. own process. Yeah. <laughs> we spoke of this before we started, like as time like as I'm putting myself out there the past year more mm-hmm. and I'm really making shifts in my life mm-hmm. that come from what I want, like my, my best version of myself, but actually put it out there as 
this is what I do with my days. And the more I do that, the more I learn how much effort it takes, mm-hmm. like how much input I need to put in in order to get the result that I'm after. And when I'm watching someone else do it without actually experiencing it, I lack to notice that. Correct. It's a trick. People, it's a, ex- it's a trick. Like the thought of like, oh, I want to do that. It's a trick. It's like a TV ad. People expect that it, that that intimacy is is always accessible. And the answer is yes, intimacy is always accessible when you're willing to put in the work. When I'm willing to put in the effort, and the ingredients that go into the intimacy, the vulnerability, the authenticity, the sharing, the time, and the nights off as well. That actually takes work, and right, and and if you make a business however around yeah. coaching people to being more intimate with themselves and more um, in touch with themselves and their relationships, right. you're going to need those assets worked on. Yeah, like I'm asked all the time, what is the difference between a coach and a therapist? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like it's like I'm thrown with that question. Like to me, I feel like, oh, what am I supposed to answer? Although mm-hmm. it's very obvious, like one has cert- is like has the knowledge around mental illness mm-hmm. and one is a coach like to help me grow um, um like it seems like an obvious answer but then when i think of coaches or therapists or healers or any kind of medicine that's available of a, when the person that's hosting or gives the promise that hasn't done it themselves mm-hmm. that ends up messing with me so i'm like thinking oh degree like i know when i'm a life coach and i know that i'm not qualified in certain things Mm -hmm. i have ideas i have thoughts i have lots of opinions Mm -hmm. which i'm hoping to do a lot on camera Mm -hmm. but um but one thing i do know which is what brings me back to you know what you said about being a facilitator on a workshop and helping people through traumas having experience being a participant Mm -hmm. it's like how does one practice helping someone with anything if they have never experienced it at all so uh, you know. So I mean, look. The, let, let's let's get some elephants out of the room. Um, I did this for many, many, many years single. Um, I wasn't married, and I was working with people that were married, and I had kids, and I had a lot of stuff that was showing up That's in, your in relationships. <laughs> I mean, that was an elephant for a while. I was proud. That of was it. an elephant. <laughs> that was an elephant. I remember as staff. I remember yeah, like if people I, didn't ask if you're married or not, we wouldn't. We and wouldn't I would go I would carry I would carry a lot of shame around it, and then people were kind of like thrown by it because of like, oh, he mentioned that if I had a wife, I'm like, I, I was really careful not to outright lie and talk about my you know fake wife. I would fake wife (laughs) i would always try to say like if i had a wife or when i have a daughter but um you're really looking for the lowest common denominators as a facilitator and how to connect with them and how to really really meet them in their humanness to answer the issue the thing about a therapist a a therapist or coach knowing the work myself versus certification what's stronger like someone that hasn't processed certain aspects of their life and has the qualification of understanding the what's the word like the the boundary the diameter like so there's a lot of people that know the content yeah there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people that know the content have no idea what the context of of life is the actual experience Uh, and it doesn't mean that it's not helpful absolutely it's if for carrot it could be really helpful sometimes to have someone holding space that's not in there mm-hmm. and that is super valuable i've been to therapy for years with licensed mm-hmm. therapists and yeah. coaching and then i came to a place in my life where coaching was really really valuable because the person on the other side of the table or chair really knows where i'm at well a coach really wants 
the way I understand their coach, really wants to move you through a process, through a specific process that he or she is putting out that it actually works. So I'm at A, I want to get to B, and I need help along the way. I need somebody to coach me through it. And so that's going to be really, really helpful. Some life coaches um, that I know of have this whole thing of like, we're not going to dig. We're not going to get stuck into your story. We're not going to process the old traumas. We're just going to move through these different life challenges. So I think coaches are, are phenomenal. Um, I think therapists really for somebody that wants to go into that therapy world and make meaningful change and it may be be slower for for some people because there's all these different slow types you of refer therapy. to the process the like process. the results so i think like a less good, result oriented a good therapeutic dynamic is going to have elements of coaching and i think every good coaching dynamic is going to have therapeutic processes yes. in it Yes. So I think it's it's really contingent on the the how the content meets the context. I do find something lately that I hear from clients and I hear from my mother recently mentioned to me something about someone. It's like when people have the degree mm -hmm. and with the degree they have like a free pass to say anything. So did I tell you when I, when I was going for my doctorate? No. <laughs> I didn't, you didn't know this. I knew you started some, some kind of a schooling so, which you stopped. So one of the... Um, one of the vision, uh, I was inheriting it from my father and he really wanted me to do it because, you know, who doesn't want a doctor in his name? I thought the only way to work with people was, okay, go become a psychologist and go. The feedback that I, I was getting from my therapist and from the people that were around me was like a PsyD program would be really, really good. But at the end of the day, it's not going to teach you what you really want to know. Mm. Um, I did the research experience in order to get into programs, it was very, very highly competitive. I wound up getting into Boston. I mm. drove to Boston on, a, uh, on like a Thursday. or I slept in Boston that Thursday night, had the interview, got accepted. And then it was then at the same time, chauffeur tanked. So mm. I, was, I was really chauffeur tanked. I got into a program, but it was five hours away. Leave my family, leave my whole system. And I already did that when I lived, went to Israel and came mm. back. So after a lot of debate and mentorship and rabbis and parents, it was like, okay, fine, go to work, go to the business world. And I, uh, I'm really happy I did that. I'm really right. happy I didn't get to take out the student loans. I'm really happy I didn't lose myself into a process to find this, this piece of paper. I'm sure that it's, it's, and it's wonderful for a lot of people. Yeah. And, and I don't know if I have regret over it, but I'm, I, I, I don't think it would have made me happier. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know I know. the more I develop who I am, and I don't want to use the word manifest because to some people it needs a translation or it's a trigger, the more I implement or grow or actually, um, you know, find myself in this world comfortable and doing what I like to do, the less I, the, the more I understand what a, the value of a coach is. Mm -hmm. The way I understood and the way I, I kind of framed it, I haven't seen someone that actually put it in these words. The way I understand manifestation is an actualization of desire. I really take it from Kesser to Malchus, from a place of Ratzon, and bringing it into a sense of fruition. And coaching is integral to actually moving that process yeah. along. And then, like you said, a good therapist will have good a good amount of aspects of coaching in their work. Mm not at a, a, mm -hmm. at a certain point not every coach is going to be able to explain to me why i keep on getting stuck that's something that i think that i think yeah. some people don't realize yeah and also i know that i'm surrounded in a coaching circle of people that are all all have done and are very familiar with inner child work with like how past 
affect the present mm -hmm. and what inner part of me is still little and therefore I act out in certain ways and do mm -hmm. certain things. So my definition of life coach is also very relevant to the people I know. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm sure that there are, I know in Israel they have coaches that are completely gym coaches just on, on, on progress. Yes. And there are business coaches which don't even relate to therapy. It's not even a question what's, what's what. I think it's also important to realize that not everybody wants to dig. Some yeah. people want to, to f tell me what to do, tell me how to feel better, and yeah. let me how to get more productive because I'm really looking for that end result, which is which is amazing. Right. We have this split that I think you and I are seeing is that the people that wanted to dig, which we did for many, many, many years, I think this was one of the topics that we wanted to talk about. Yeah. People are digging or people are, how do I just shift really, really quickly into yeah. uh, the more positive ends of things? Yeah. So this is something we really want to, like, actually, I want to ask you what you think. I want to talk about it. I would totally talk about this mm -hmm. off camera and just schmooze about this. And if I bring down the topic, it's like what a workshop gives and does and what it actually does not do. Mm -hmm. And for years, my answer was in order for me to feel um, connected to myself and live mm -hmm. from my heart, Right and actually allow myself to to be comfortable who I am. What I need is a workshop. I need mm -hmm. to go back to a space. Okay, what's a workshop for those who don't know? Yeah. <laughs> what workshop am I talking about? Like so much of our relationship and connection comes from that space. So I just refer to it as the workshop. Um, a lot of people are familiar with other workshops, like um, what's the famous one that everyone knows? Landmark. Landmark. Yeah. So people know workshops. But for people who don't know workshops, I think Mishpacha magazine and like others technically, and they, when they would do studies on workshops, they would call it LGAT, large group awareness trainings. Okay. And I find <laughs> it amazing because I've done large groups and I've done really, really small groups right. uh, of late. But um, yeah. Um, but it's basically it's spaces where people come to look at certain things in their lives. I could do a workshop on gardening, and uh, we were going to be learning all about gardening right i could do workshops on i don't know uh, hypnosis and learn all about hypnosis or breathwork and learn all about breathwork um the workshops that we would typically meet on are workshops that were designed to really take a honest look at yourself and see how am i showing up in my life and how i may want to embrace a more optimum way of being right and the and the feeling sunday like after three days of exploring that was a very connected and we always talk about do i miss the space do i miss the workshop feeling it's like i would feel on sunday connected to others normal mm -hmm. okay with who i am understanding that i'm different and the same than others and that learning about myself was super valuable in my life to know these elements of myself that i am you know, I'm just okay. I'm just normal. I'm just average. I'm just like a struggle is not my own. And uh, just these things that I learned. And that's what I've been going back to. Mm -hmm. And I thought for a while that the workshop is the pl is the only place to experience Correct. that, on, I guess, macro, like and that, uh, and that, you know, and that dose of it, dose of the feeling of feeling of, of, of thinking of myself and feeling okay and good and, and, and forward thinking and forward looking and optimistic. Mm -hmm. It seemed to me like for many years, it seemed to me like, okay, that's the space to do it. I think if I could put into words, uh, the workshops over time, and I, I, I'm really talking about the last two or three years when I, when I say this, not the original, um, not the olden days, um, but at least definitely post COVID. 
the workshops became really a place where people are looking to be themselves. And the spaces that we created, the intentional spaces that were that were created with the staff, with the organizers, with everybody, was a place where somebody could actually learn how to be themselves or and at least appreciate and look at the different parts of themselves that are not being expressed or not being breathed into, if you will. And for many people in the process of doing that, there's a lot of acknowledging. There's a lot of acknowledging the inauthenticity. There's, acknowledge, there's acknowledging the trauma. There's acknowledging the stuff that are keeping me stuck. Uh, ultimately, people are coming there because to unstuck themselves. Yeah. And um, yeah. I, I, and I think the spaces allowed your allowed you to see your stuckness and yeah. the better you particularly um because you were really living this work on a day-to-day -day and integrating and like we, we made so much of the principles of that space our lives we brought yeah. the micro into the macro it, it started enhancing us it started invigorating right. invigorating and us. friendships like that it's not just oh on a workshop i have people i'm honest with it's like with my friends it's like when they tell me oh how are you? I'm like, are you sure you want the answer? Because yeah. I'm going to tell you the answer. But when I go into shul, I'm like, how are you? I'm good. Like, <laughs> the, the, the workshop is, was like, gave permission. It gave yeah. permission for us to be. It gave permission for, for openness, us to let go. for honesty. And then with that, let go happens. Yeah. And it's like always like, how, how do I let go? I don't. I just allow it to just exist. And when it's ready to leave, it's referring to a feeling, a state of mind, a pattern, a dynamic in life, mm -hmm. a relationship, a friendship, whatever needs to leave my life in order for me to live better. If I allow myself to express it and to share it and to even think about it and then to YouTube like tools and help mm -hmm. on this, whatever I'm dealing with, if it's financial or, or relationships or whatever dynamic I'm finding myself that I want something to leave, if I can put words to it and connect in this place I am, it ends up leaving when it's ready to leave. And the workshop really allowed for that to happen, going to practice that, like in a framework of we're going to share stuff and it will. So I kept going back for that and it took so many years to learn what it doesn't give. <laughs> <laughs> so and it's almost like, <coughs> like for, I didn't stop going because I'm like, oh, it's not giving me something. It's just like I couldn't go. COVID was one reason. Um, you know, married, remarried, leaving often. And once I stopped going, I learned a whole bunch of things that the workshop did not give me when I found it in a different way, mm -hmm. not in a macro way, not, oh my God, I'm, 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 I'm like, not that amazingness, mm -hmm. but just in a very grounded and simple. And, and so I've learned things. So I'm really interested in hearing what you've learned and what your thoughts are what a workshop does not give like what, what doesn't it do one of the ways somebody who I, I met recently a coach a mentor a consultant uh put words to this is like the the value of going off-site now with his clients he he coaches them before during and afterwards before um, during and after a, at a workshop experience yes interesting so i think it's important to realize and and i, I knew it quite well that the workshop was a peak experience because i kept on going and i realized that the things that kept on i kept on getting snagged in uh specifically what does that mean? the things you kept on getting getting snagged in what getting does that stuck mean, in snag, uh, stuck in on the workshop or uh, after or? after before during and um the workshop was great but there it's there are certain choices and there are certain things that only you are going to do when you decide to do them or what only I am going to do when I decide to do them. So 
the workshop was was great for feeling the opportunity of unplugging and who am I really? But then how do I how does that integrate into the life that I'm actually creating for myself? Yeah. So um, so feeling a certain peak and then going home and not as soon as I leave the environment that creates the peak, I'm not only left with no peak, I'm also left with a complete none of that. So like, so there were relationships in my life that were really, really good and kept on getting better. And because there were relationships and there were relationships with family, like sometimes we would go through our challenges. And over time, it would really, it really greatly, greatly improved because I decided that that's where I wanted to put focus in. That's where I wanted to have healing. Uh, when it came to other moves in my life, specifically around taking myself seriously, getting married, getting settled, um, being kinder to myself, uh, mm. treating myself with more a sense of, of worth that wasn't always making it it's through because that was where I was on my journey. Uh, so, and it took time for me to actually uh, implement the work that was actually really, really deeply personal. Like there is, there's a line that, and it sounds better, better in Hebrew, but like I'm good and valuable as I am. And that doesn't, you don't get a Kenyan on that on a workshop. You don't own because that it's on a given. Workshop. It's given to me. It's given. It's access. Like I could, I, it tickles that that thing. But then, if I go home and I and I go back into my cave. So the one line that the particular workshops we're talking about, which is JTH, and 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 we're talking mostly about JTH, it really, really gave that. It really gave Danitov Echshani. I'm good enough the way I am. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. And specifically in my relationship with Hashem. Hashem mm -hmm. doesn't look down at me. Hashem loves me. And I am learning that Hashem is the part in me that can forever love and be loved. And I, I guess it goes on every sphere. It's not only love. It's on love and it's on compassion and it's on strength and it's power and it's the ability. And the workshop really, really felt like it's giving it. And it's wild to think how little it actually gives on a, on a little, like without the, the space. It's a dose of medicine. And then it's what I decide to go and do, do with the medicine. And then I think, if anything, I rather, and there are facilitators that said this, I'd rather you leave the workshop not on a high. But I'd rather yes. leave, um, it's much more, it was much more uh, beautiful to me when somebody leaves a workshop with, with eyes open. Yeah, and that so many people of us are actually looking to get out of their own suffering or, or let the let the bad stop, and the pattern was, especially for the last uh, year, year and a half of it, is that no, we are beings that can can hold all of it. Yeah, and if I'm really embracing that in a space like that, where I can embrace and feel and hold the dichotomy inside of myself, the two opposing yeah. forces, and that I'm own, okay own and that, I'm not okay. That I'm okay Part, and that I'm yeah. not okay. Really own that nikudat bechira that I have inside of myself. That's when the real shifts outside of the yeah. workshop started happening. Right. The workshops really, people got caught up in the high in the community and the in the in the, in the being together and the possibility, but they wound up needing to be a real, really, really, really big deepening in the nikudat bechira that everybody was actually having, and. That's, that's what I found inside of myself. That's where a good coach would have came in. It's like, no, how do I keep on being the chooser? How do I keep on um, accessing that consciousness? Yeah, how do I keep on actually feeling okay when I'm not in that space? Because yeah. what's the space worth if it doesn't give me the ability 
to be okay with myself outside of a space where I'm valid and I'm seen as, oh my God, you're you're so this and you're amazing or you're you're like I resonate with you. But one thing I would I I would say is that especially in my own journey about two years ago, a little over two years ago, I started really getting disciplined in hacking my own mind. And I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it or perfect at it at all, but I'm I'm trying to make an effort. How do I come back to that nikudata bechira, that that being that chooser, being that I, and from that place of I, I get to choose whether I'm good or not. I get to stop the spin. I get to not be that victim to circumstance. Um, I don't think that any space that that's out there really that I've seen drives that drives that home all the time. Not to that does not instill that level of responsibility in achrayas. Yes, because it sort of um, that's my issue. If I have an issue, but if I have an issue, which I do because I stopped going at one point before JTH, like stopped to host workshops. And my issue um, for me was that I didn't know how to do this myself. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, I could be told, go and be stronger or be stronger. It's amazing because you were doing a lot of things on your own. Yeah. But I didn't, I like, I kept relying on... I kept just looking forward for the next workshop, like not yes. even not even yeah, consciously, yeah, yeah, yeah. but something in the back of my head, that muscle that it takes to be like, and people that have been to retreats know how this feels. It's like knowing that I will feel really, really good by the time I go home and really like looking forward to that experience where I'm going to get my fix or a tune in tune and I'll be, I'll be good. And the work like friends workshop friends would encourage me to be like come on do it be yourself do your own thing it's very different when i kept going back than when i stopped so let me let me ask let me ask you a couple of leading questions when you did your first workshop you were divorced already i don't remember i have to look at like divorce papers <laughs> to see when it was signed but it's somewhere around there <laughs> somewhere around there by the time yeah. you're doing workshops you were you were probably newly married or trying to get married when i was doing what got back to jth jth yeah that was i think my first workshop was right after um um our baby was born oh wow when me and Lily had our first i remember i called you we spoke i was Correct. in chicago at the time i remember the and email I said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i i mentioned that yeah so it's like four years mm-hmm. it feels longer it's been a long four years it's been a very long four years it actually the feeling of the last four years feels that it feels that gap like it fills the gap of the other eight that we didn't like the four before that we didn't connect Correct. so we were connected for a couple of years and then we weren't connected for another four or five years and then we're and, been in and now we'll get off and get on get off and get on and i like it it's it's, it's yeah. wonderful but it's been, it's been the way yeah so yeah i reconnected after i got married or right be somewhere around then so I think it's a point because that that space gives connection. And that connection is so other than. And it's so not what you usually expect. And so it's going to create that high. It's going to create that dopamine dump, if yeah. you will, on such a mass scale. And you're going to get work done on that dopamine dump. But And then it's um, I don't know where else I'm going to get it other than that space. In a healthy way. And, in a healthy way and in that space. <laughs> So for me, I was I was I was hungry for it. I was I, I, I wanted it. I wanted it again and again and again. And as much as I love the participants and working with people and connecting with them and really being 
with them in a process. I loved the staff. I loved the the downtime. I loved the chill. I loved yeah. The... That turned out to be a very valuable part of of the workshop was that I had friends. Yeah, <laughs> like I had friends where we can sip like wine after a long day and talk about just real things. Correct. And um, and I think that what I found the last year is that I could have them in my day to day, and I do have them in my day to day. So not every day, and not sipping wine, but I do have a good amount of people that I can send a voice note and check in for real, mm-hmm. and they're not here to give me that rush. Mm-hmm. But on a very grounded and down-to-earth way, I know I'm heard. So you're giving me an insight into myself. Because I remember in the chauffeur days, I was in yeshiva. And there was this distinct dichotomy between like people that knew the the, the call, the chauffeur talk, and the inner work, and the, the therapies and all that. And then there was the regular people, the normies, the people that I was going to yeshiva with. And um, I, got, I, I got caught up in my identity. And I knew I was in both. But I, I, one of them was tickling a lot me a lot more than the other and i would spend hours talking to specific people and it was really wonderful um and it was really great and i got to spend shabbos with them and i and i carried that over into jth the long drive specific people um from the workshop yeah where you found them in your life as friends i found them in my life with friends i mean if you look at my wedding video it was very uh uh, interesting. <laughs> it was very, very colorful. Right. No pun intended. Yeah. But um, it was just this this complete blend of of humans. And it wasn't until I got out outside of yeshiva and I was like, okay, so I got a. I needed to figure out how do I work with that in my in my day to day because my closest friend is probably in Muncie. Uh, so it evolved and it, it evolved over time. And me learning how to have friends outside of the workshop and connection outside of the workshop and enjoy myself outside of the workshop. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, I still miss it. I still like it. I still love that space, but it's not. Yeah. It's we not have an unspoken argument about workshops. You know, it is the last few times we spoke. I don't know if it's that much of an argument, <laughs> but go ahead. We have an unspoken argument. I am at a place where, where, where I don't even know. I don't even know if I'm right. Like, I don't even know that what I know is right because my, like my opinions on stuff like this is very relevant to where I am. Mm-hmm. And to say something about a workshop that's like could in, in, influence now thinking of a Cameron who can see it, like to say something, oh, go to Landmark, don't load them, get lo- go to Landmark. What I'm about to say has nothing to do with that decision because it's very relevant to my own life. And that's what we're doing here. We're schmoozing mm-hmm. on a camera. But what I have found is that there is a For the part record, of... you didn't go to a landmark, right? No. I never went to a landmark. Okay, okay neither of us went to landmark. Neither of us went to landmark. Yeah, well, landmark managed to market themselves so well that we're marketing them right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there are, yeah. It was really Plenty of good workshops out there if someone is looking for it. But what I've come to value and notice is that a workshop space, like a transformational, emotional transformational experience of any kind, which is the other topic I really want to talk about is psychedelics. Oh, any kind of... <laughs> let's go. Yeah, any kind of space that gives that experience of self and the way that these experience, these workshops and is not meant to help more than a certain wake up to what the world and god and and yiddishkeit or whatever it is off is is like offers it's one thing to think that i'm a and i'm part of the infinite and i'm i have purpose and it's a whole other thing to experience that feeling once 
and specifically with other people and watching other people give birth to themselves, like be born and feel like, okay, I'm really a, a part of God. And that said, I don't think that, I think that a workshop space and keep going back to it in a sense can actually take me away from learning how to give this to myself in a very grounded, down to earth, you know, day to day, just a way to function. And that's what I see a lot with psychedelics. Like, <laughs> so before we get to psychedelics, yes, psychedelics. workshop. Um, in terms of the workshop, I think it's really important that the person that's organizing the workshop, that's seeing the workshop, realizes that what's actually happening is a could be just misconstrued as a vibe, <laughs> as, as a chill. And uh, I think that's what people really, really miss. Uh, sometimes when they're missing, they're missing the chill, they're missing the vibe, they're missing the friends and not oh, and the friends and the social and not necessarily uh, the work. And it's funny, I think uh, a friend of mine, uh, Adam Friedman said this, like, you have to really be careful, especially in this workshop space where it doesn't become that ego trip where you just get to use your ego to tell other people what's yeah, the Budich said this thing, Budich Klein said, before a workshop, the staff was standing in a circle, it was before Hanukkah, like we're now, and he said, um, 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 that touched me so deeply in regards to any kind of connection with another person that is near, that is our, that is lechtekai, that is yes. pure. Yes. And I'm like, I can so easily like, like use it, but yes. rather I'm much, I, I, I'm a much better me if I, if I watch it. Yes. <laughs> if I just see them and that allows me to see myself, ah, I'm feeling that now. No, <laughs> I remember no, no, no. that circle and how we said that and that touch. So, so it hit so well. And yeah, so a workshop could be that. Like it's easy to use the ability to, of others' vulnerability for my own kick, which I think there's a difference if I know that I'm doing that or I don't. Like I think for someone that innocently just does what he thinks is helpful, <laughs> Is is like okay, cool. He's doing is nice, but as soon as I notice that I'm doing that, that's when it's time for me to walk. Which I, is, I think, something that you and I would would agree with is that we we're we're constantly trying to to look at ourselves um, and realizing that I'm trying to to really check myself and look at myself and see where am I sticking my nose where it doesn't belong and. Um, and because if I, if I, if I do that, um, is it my own, am I coming from an authentic place, a vulnerable place or am I judging? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the last half a year, like our conversations have been, um, a lot of really, really checking. I know in my life, I've been really checking myself. Why do I want what I want? Mm -hmm. How do I, how am I authentic with myself? Cause it's so easy to fall to traps and then. It's you know when they say in therapy that relationships follow just mm -hmm. on different people mm -hmm. in therapy like if I had a if I'm lacking I don't know love or acceptance let's say I'm lacking acceptance or a social being good enough among my peers and friends and then I leave this circle in order to find it somewhere else very likely I'll be in the same place over and over and over and that's Correct. like for people that are immersed in this kind of like dialogue with themselves this kind of self-work or therapy are very familiar with this and for people that are not it's like a load of crap like what do you mean I'm going from <laughs> different people I left them I, but, I think that the second you start claiming that you have it or that you are the the, the example of cleanliness I think you've already lost um, yes I think that the there winds up being a particular 
particularly immense amount of shadow work that this and shadows we bring into this place. And if you're open to seeing your shadows, they will reveal themselves through and through. Um, I try not to be afraid of my shadows. And when I'm afraid of my shadows, shadows in simple words as translation for chesroinus. Yeah, I see my chesroinus, like things that I'm just not doing from from the best place. So whether it's not being in my best place or you're always going to see in a client, the way you're going to act with them or the way you're going to act with an issue that you're sensitive to is going to tell you a lot about, tell me a lot about how I'm relating to that issue. Right. Yeah. So we're talking about workshops and and I guess we're talking a little bit about the shadow of a workshop, not only about um, if the workshop can give me that endurance and self-love that I feel on a workshop or in it. I think that goes also for coaching and therapy in a sense. Like there's a certain amount of work that is between me and me. A person knows his own stuff. And if Mm -hmm. I'm willing to look at my own stuff Mm -hmm. and then add to it a supportive circle, I I can go somewhere. So I I remember there was a choice that I made um, three or four years. It was was actually a really, really important choice. I was scheduled to go to Israel for a workshop. Uh, it wasn't JTH. It was another organization that was scheduled to go. I had actually, uh, I, it wasn't Israel. I'm sorry. I wouldn't have canceled that. I canceled the workshop in Indiana uh, where I was slated to go and staff and help. And at the same time, there was uh, a breathwork training that was that was going on in upstate New York. And I already committed. And I, I knew at that point there was a time, it was a time that I wanted more. That workshop wasn't going to give me my next step. And I think... Which workshop wouldn't the breath work or the staffing? For the, the, the staffing that the workshop one. would not have, have, have given to me. I'd, I'd staffed easily uh, enough workshops with that organization, enough workshops in my own organization. And I wanted something new that was going to bring me to a new step. And I think doing this work as we do it, we're going to continuously sharpen that ear to what's, what, am, what am I doing in order to further my next, my next step? My, yeah. What is the next life affirming yeah. step that I'm taking in order to um, ensure my own wellness? Yeah, in order to ensure my own wellness, in order to um, manifest manifest another adult. Okay, lately at home, um, I have I, I started writing up a translation between the words that are like all workshop healing kind to words that won't trigger. <laughs> My wife, Laylee, and the kids. So, like, manifest is one of the words. You called it a glossary, no? It's a glossary. <laughs> we need an inner I word need, glossary. Totally, because manifest <laughs> is one word, and then um, integrate is, okay, in between. And then there's, like, implement. That's mm-hmm. fair. <laughs> yeah, so there's. I think that as a leader of any kind, it's very valuable for the leader to know when it's time for to allow and to give permission in their own heads and, and and the value system of their of their organized structure is that it's time to go for people and to really encourage them to carry on and mm-hmm. really you know take off and really take the next step and constantly yeah. take the next step it's because any kind of growth is part of i think it's given meaning when i put in effort like this podcast like the effort i put in is I feel is me, mm-hmm. but the fact that we're sitting and talking and like we're we're in for a while and it's feeling calmer and I'm enjoying it more as the minutes go by, that's a gift, mm-hmm. right? So any kind of growth is to me part of the Ain Self. It's like a godly given, and I think I think that 
like that's the whole practice of gratitude, right? I put in the effort, I put in the work, but the outcome and like that's that's sort of and and, th- and my point with that is that it's endless. It's this, literally endless. I can always grow more and more and more and more. It's there's no limit to know how far I can go and as uh, as a leader, I would hope that that's the leadership that's sort of that I'm led to. I'm led to know that I'm part of of, of that. Well, ultimately you're looking to empower the participant to live their yes. lives. So living my life is not going to be living my life on a workshop. Living my life is going to be living my life. Yes. Now, I'm, how do I know that I'm living my life or living the life that I want to live is I'm going to consistently and continuously want that feedback loop. Why do people love a workshop? Because on a workshop, they're going to get that feedback loop that what they may, what they're, what's going on makes sense. Ultimately, what I'm looking for in my life is for my relationships to reflect me in terms and, and, and see me as who I really want to be seen. Yeah. And, and some relationships will see me also in the same right. ways. That and then when that's capped at a certain amount, mm-hmm. that's a problem. So I want when that's capped at a certain place. Correct. That becomes an actual the workshop. Issue. The workshop has a ceiling of that feedback loop. It will not give you everything. It does yes. not give you the feedback loop that ultimately you're going to want to build inside of your own life. Yes. And then, and I, yeah. So and you I can think create it for yourself. Point, yeah. yeah. I, Sorry, sorry. No, not at all. So yeah, I think two. You get all excited. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think two point oh, or the next level of where the world has come to, is for for workshops to actually include that, to really, but not in a way of like we don't care, grow, go, Mm -hmm. and not oh we do care, come, where it's really like loose and like like it's like come and join, go and do your thing, and it's so freeing. I think as a leader, like, so the workshop that I've been running, I don't think we spoke much about it. I want to go. But, um, I'm, yeah. But the workshop that I've been um, I'm hosting, um, I don't feel like, I don't feel any limitation. Mm-hmm. Not for myself mm-hmm. and not for anyone joining. I feel mm-hmm. like I, I, when I'm there, I experience a connection to this endless kind of potential that humans have mm-hmm. and we have proven to have insane amount of potential like history where the world is technology the fact that we're podcasting mm-hmm. <laughs> this is insane what humans can actually achieve like humans the, are us <laughs> humans us and the world like where things are going and i i actually f- I really enjoy the space because i don't feel that there is a, a roof over it it's mm-hmm. really really open for people to really um, practice a way to connect to themselves and touch on on the endless possibility life has and it happens in every moment and every breath like i have and it's a it's a sense of well-being i have endless okayness even if i don't feel okay at this moment and that is a practice for me it sounds because at, what i'm hearing from you and everything about your program is that you're you're giving them a practice you're giving them a process within <laughs> no pun intended that they could actually go and use and yeah. the workshop or the 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 the, the one day workshop that you're offering is how do i learn how to use this work this and implement this in my life as, I, as I'm going. And we didn't even talk about my one day match. <laughs> but I, but we, you do been... that. You do that in conversation where I don't need to like mansplain myself. And you somehow just know what's happening in my head. And I enjoy that a lot. <laughs> it's a sense of <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a good feedback for me when, when I'm understood in that sense. So, yeah. So a wor- bringing it back to workshops, like the way we, we knew it is like it's really cool when things shift as difficult as it is Mm -hmm. like i think like jth sort of came to some kind of a change and chauffeur at one point came to a change because each 
I think each round of change. And I think that this is this conversation relates directly to a to a network of a few thousand people by now. Mm-hmm. So this is like a few thousand people that are like, okay, this ended, what next? Or um and it also relates to people that haven't gone on a work. What does it mean to go to a workshop? It's really about learning parts of myself and then when that's done something else will come like, so i remember actually speaking telling this to, to your mother-in-law frankly the the first the first conversation i ever had with her uh in regards to jth she asked me what is jth and the words that came to me and i don't know where i pulled this out from i wasn't trying to sound so woo-woo was jth is a current manifestation current incarnation of the work that i'm doing down here um it was very clear to me from a young age and i meant to 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 you know do my work and when do your work you mean your work do my like own, your own do inner, my own inner work. and then there is a specific point in my own journey where i i need want desire to be the mashpia from that place of uh, those who really want give and to give from that place and uh, jth was is the vehicle of uh, allowing people to be that lover be that yes. that giver be that um fighter for their life be the liver of their life and anything short of that is it's almost, almost like like a cop-out like yes we we're, we're meant to receive and yes we're meant to be loved and yes we're meant to be cared for and and hug ourselves and be that but ultimately we are living a life of mission we are living a life of purpose we are living a life where our voices are meant to be heard and they're meant to be something yeah. needs to happen that Robert light Jacobson says something really nice that i interesting that specific um time i when i heard him say what i'm about to say it was advertised on whatsapp that he's going to be on some kind of a zoom mm-hmm. i got on the zoom and i, I was on it for three minutes mm-hmm. i heard this point of his it's about how to maintain well-being and mm-hmm. then i got busy and stuff and i hung up those three minutes i've repeated this so many times to so many people mm-hmm. it's been so helpful for me in my life and mm-hmm. like what are the odds that i get on for three minutes and i pick up I mean, one with, line I'm a, with, with, <laughs> with yy that's generally how it yeah. works he's <laughs> so playing he on said, those frequencies yes so he said um someone asked the question how do i maintain emotional well-being mm-hmm. and he said three things um one is have someone to talk to about anything mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that okay i'm adding my own words to it mm-hmm. just um you know to be a um so have someone to share anything doesn't mean i will share everything mm-hmm. but to know that there isn't anything that i need to stuff down i could share anything and mm-hmm. there's plenty of things that i might want to utilize that that someone mm-hmm. or someone's if it's friends therapy groups workshops whatever that place where i could share that yeah, where i could actually share and i think that in this okay number two i'll come back to what i think number two he says inspiration mm-hmm. to keep constantly learn more and mm-hmm. i've noticed that people that uh, that are not willing to to learn more i feel around them shut down in a sense like mm-hmm. i don't like argument mm-hmm. um, confrontation stam is not my comfort zone <laughs> but i'll do confrontation with people that are open-minded and they're willing to learn mm-hmm. so the willingness to learn i think is, is is very very a big part of my life and mm-hmm. it's somehow like when i don't have what i don't know what to do mm-hmm. when i feel i'm at a dead end that's when it's probably time to go learn something that i don't know yet and the third thing he said which is why i thought of this now is the third thing that it takes to maintain well-being is to give 
mm-hmm. like to be a mashpia. Mm-hmm. So if I have the, the stuff that I need to clean out, which is one, which is mm-hmm. probably therapy, workshops, all that stuff is part of one. And then goes two, which is to learn new ways of thinking, new ideas about life, new ideas about Hashem. And it'll always come to, you know, Viktor Frankl's work, logotherapy, which is to be a mashpia. Because my wants, the stuff that I'm stuffing down, even if I share them, even if I, I'm seen, even if I'm loved the way I am, there's a certain loop that's going to keep happening unless I can actually go and share it, put it out there, help someone else feel normal in my experience. And Viktor Frankl puts it like, um, I don't remember his line. There's a very specific quote of his where he says like, um, the same pain, if it's going to be put to use for something valuable, mm-hmm. it has a very different emotional experience. Correct. Which is what he did in the in, in, in the in the Holocaust. He imagined that he's a case study for his own work, mm. and he was very curious to see how he's going to survive this type of environment, so he can actually go later and help people. And I think that I've done this in many occasions of my life since I've read that book. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 what's the book? Victor Frankl's. Um, Man's Search for Meaning. Yeah, Man's Search for Meaning, which is a short book and people who don't like to read, listen to it. It's a short listen. It's a short read. It's very, very big. Um, it really yeah, it changed the way I feel about stuff. And when I forget and I have nothing nothing to hold on to if I'm in a you know despair kind of feeling, if mm-hmm. I put, if I only think that going through what I'm going through right now will have value, I don't even know how, it changes the experience. Mm-hmm. So think about things ending, like chauffeur ended, and then came this beautiful thing, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> for a couple of years that it was so much like birth to so many people or so many um, coaches, therapists, um, breathwork facilitators yeah. as a result of those few years and other organizations that opened and they're all doing, I hear, wonderful work. So if I can put in a, a downer or an, or an ending to something for use for something that's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. then that gives a whole other feeling to the to the downer like hmm. you know like if someone quits uh, in a business and i'm you know the person's devastated if i lose money or i lose my job or when things end the real the question that i that i ask myself is it really an ending or is it the first step in something new <laughs> <laughs> wow there's so many things to say and unpack <laughs> on that one um well i'm talking about a bunch of things at the same time for you for me but um, so yeah. I think I, I think on one hand, just to go back to what what uh, Rabbi Jacobson said, that vulnerability, at least in terms of what how I, I think I even wrote this down um, to talk about with you, that when it comes to vulnerability, it's 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 not for everybody, but it's actually sharing um, that sense of uncertainty inside of you, that risk inside of uh, in, in, inside of you. It's an unstable feeling we get when we step out of your comfort zone or do something that focuses us to loosen control. Vulnerability is about sharing our feelings and our experiences with people who have earned the right to hear them. Being vulnerable takes courage, but it's not worth it. But it's worth it. It's worth to be it to be ourselves to connect to others. So I think definitely the workshop, um, there there is definitely that vulnerability that comes with it. There's that inspiration that comes with it. You kind of you're learning. You 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 clear some clouds in order to see your your makif. Or if you break through a wall, you get to see a new makif of, oh, of potentiality of, oh, I could wind up moving into something something else. And ultimately, it's, it's not always going to happen on an intro workshop, but it's definitely going to happen after you get back home. I could learn those new doable habits of being that giver. Because if I'm still waiting to be filled, I'm not waiting to give. 
if I'm giving, waiting to be filled, am I really giving? As, as the Baal similarly write, like, you're you're Part of being the masculine is that, is that yes, it's not that I'm not feminine, it's that I am, I've integrated my femininity where I'm, I know how to receive from the experience and ultimately I Put have this somewhere. I have, the, I, I have this ability to also be a mashpia. I'm not negating my femininity. I'm not negating my, my ability to receive or my rutsum to receive. Mm. But I'm saying yes, I'm I'm receiving for myself and I want to be that giver. And because that wholeness wants to be more whole. Which goes back to the third thing that Jacobson said, Correct. right? It's like so there's just so much of 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 receiving that I really need, and then there's so much of giving that I actually need in order to integrate what I've received. And I think that's something that people that I forget when it gets tough, when the spin gets too thick, if you will, we forget that a that we have assets and that we have we we still have things to be grateful for. We still have things. I still have things that are meaningful and beautiful and and careful in my life and sacred in my life. And there are things in my life that I could still give to. I'm never, ever, ever, ever stuck. And I think part of the the illusion of perceived realities is that you're going to get stuck. There is no such thing as stuck. That's a the word by word what the Lubavitcher Rebbe said to someone. Someone came to him, the M. Yehudis, M. Karbal, my mm-hmm. grandmother, shared this with me a while ago when I told her I'm stuck. So she's like, the rabbit told someone, Vosito stuck. Mm-hmm. He looked and he goes, what do you mean, Vosito? I'm stuck. He's like, Vosito stuck. It's not, there's no such a thing. It's almost like recently I heard something cool. It's like confusion is an easier feeling than what I'm actually dealing with. So mm-hmm. I have two options, and now I say I'm procrastinating. So many confused. will say that confusion is not a feeling. Confusion, confusion yeah, yeah. is a state of mind. Yeah. Uh, my go-to is I'm confused. I don't know if I should do this or not do this. Yeah, because that, that's uh, going to be a lot easier than making a decision. Then actually <laughs> both, the both. Then not doing it creates mm-hmm. a certain, I don't know, FOMO is the simplest way of saying, like mm-hmm. I'm missing out on something. So that's one feeling to stomach, mm-hmm. like like choice and then saying yes to to whatever i i'm procrastinating over and is a risk an emotional risk i might, might not work out so confusion is just so much of an easier feeling and maybe that's the same word goes with stuck so so it's really interesting um i you i think you're going to resonate to this resonate for those it just means feel with um a vibe a vibe <laughs> there was <laughs> i like your vibe um so resonating <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I said that word, <laughs> I make a lot of money off that word. People yeah. make a lot of money off that word. <laughs> wow, resonance. for words. So, um, we th- going back to what we were saying about that impulse to want to go and attend a workshop. That back and forth feeling, that pull of I want to be there. It was always very clear to me that yeah, there was FOMO that that went into it for me. Recently, I was invited back to a workshop, and I didn't have that FOMO. <laughs> it yes. was it was really really good because I have something that's more of value than that space to me. So I I finally really appreciate the amount of choice that comes into getting into those those spaces. And I, I know I know the back and forth, the wanting to wanting to go, the not wanting to go, the wanting to go, wanting to not wanting to go. I think an element that I didn't experience before was there is something to stay home for. And I think for many people that feel that sense of FOMO, uh, they're not 
always looking at the things that are home that are really mattering that they they rather be. I think it was an evolution for me over time where there was and and relationship is really what did it to me was that there was something I'd rather be home for. And I think that's what I that's uh, one of the, the most beautiful gifts that the workshop gave me is that there is some place that I want to be more than just a workshop. Yeah. Um, and and so I think that's really, really beautiful. I think that's going to segue into <laughs> psychedelic talk eventually because one of the things I'll always hear from people, especially when it comes to psychedelics, is, but I really want to, but I really want to, but I, but I really want to go and get that new, um, <laughs> that new insight, that thing that I still am not seeing uh, to... I really want to unstuck myself. myself. I really want to unstuck myself. I really want to unstuck myself and and some other being, which is whatever its name is, is somehow going to show me the way. Mm -hmm. It's going to show me and where to go. And it does. It does show. Mm -hmm. But... I think we can do the same conversation. What is what what first of all let's talk about which psychedelic we're talking about. Are we talking about so I want to talk less about anything that's like lab pills. Okay. I'd rather talk about um ayahuasca and um mm -hmm. um shrooms. Mm -hmm. That distinction. Those two are popular in the circles of people that might be watching this and the pe people that I know. I think you'll also add MDMA to the to, to the mix. It is a pill, but I think the, the three or four that people are really uh, focusing on is ayahuasca, um, psilocybin, MDMA, and uh, and ketamine. People are, are really, really, yeah. really working with ketamine. Yeah. People are still, once they came out with the with the DMT pens, people yeah. have been like... <laughs> they have been doing like five minutes, what is it, two minute trips? Or ten it minute could be trips? five or ten minute trips. And they get like a poof, and then it takes, someone explained to me that he's it's been a month and he's still working on it. <laughs> yeah, DMT is DMT is very, 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 very powerful. And and when done when done, period, it's going to take time to integrate. It's not going to be the most uh yeah. pleasant come down. Yeah. And um the gap is far from reality and life and what it looks like on a day to day into what the experience is, which is really my 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 which is really the the blessing and the curse of altered spaces and mm -hmm. of like psychedelics is because mm -hmm. it is different than day to day, which is really helpful to leave my day to day way of thinking and maybe find a new way of thinking. But what's not helpful is that it's so far away. So, um, what do you? What's the value? And which and which psychedelic are you talking about when you talk about it? Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say it like this. I'm not saying this is the only way to say it, but. But I heard this put very, very wisely, and the person that's going to hear hear it will will understand and smile to themselves. You take medicine when you're sick, <laughs> or you you take medicine when you're trying to promote a sense of wellness. That said, it's not for everybody. That said, it's 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 not going to be a value for everyone, even if that person is taking it. It's a wonderful tool, like everything in life. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful tool. And it's an extremely powerful tool. Mm. And it could be used very, very sacredly. And it could also be very much used to spiritual bypass, to kind of make a new world. That's reality. a word that didn't come up till now. Spiritual bypass. What that means is that I can use spirituality to bypass my work, Correct. my actual avoid on the day-to-day. -day. Oh, I heard this recently from a mentor. He said... Um, the way to do 
what mm-hmm. we need to do in life, like this whole spirituality versus reality. He said, it's like chop wood, get enlightened, and then go chop wood. Yes. And spiritual bypass is the not willingness to go chop wood again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's um, And it ends up... Um, it ends up confusing and because I think confusion is always avoidance. It ends up confusing my, my day to day, my reality. Wait, what am I doing? Why am I in this marriage? Why Mm -hmm. am I in this job? Why am I in this life? Look, if I can dance for 12 hours and feel connected to a group of people, Mm -hmm. um, like what am I even doing um, outside of that? So spiritual bypassing was, was coined by somebody named John Wellwood and I got this in in February, and I just want to read it. Spiritual bypassing is a term I coined to describe a process I saw happening in the Buddhist community I was in, and also in myself. Although most of us were sincerely trying to work on ourselves, I noticed a widespread tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues, psychological wounds, and unfinished developmental tasks. Thank you. We can erase everything we recorded till now and start with this. (laughs) (laughs) If you just came to hear this, Diana. (laughs) So so I I think they're such a uh, vast, vast, vast topic. Because uh, am I speaking about myself? Am I speaking to other people? Or am I speaking to you? So I think I think we're talking about me and you and our personal lives, and with a clear disclaimer that it's not a medical um, um, guidance. It's almost like I almost want to talk more about the caution that's needed from our own so, growth and hurt, rather than the, the you know everyone is into like promoting. I, I read um what's his name Will Smith. Okay, now Will Smith is not a thing, but maybe <laughs> he's coming back. I don't know. But a while back, like his big finale on his book, I don't know if you listened to it. It's a wonderful book. And his big finale was 15 Ceremonies of Ayahuasca. And that's that's like his his journey led. And that's like the grand finale to his um, process of loving himself. So it's like it's very promoted everywhere. And I think that it's really valuable to understand what it's not. So what is, what is not is not a fix. Mm-hmm. It is a wonderful opportunity to connect and commune with yourself and also with the things that are not yourself. So for some people, it's, it's brutal. For some people, it's amazing and blissful. For many and most of the people, it's, it's a night of somewhere in between. So you're talking about ayahuasca. Ayahuasca specifically. Um, ayahuasca is it's kind of like turning the water main on uh, and trying to fill up a cup sometimes from the water main. So if you're not coming in with the proper kalim, uh, it's going to blast you. <laughs> um, and the most common question I would get after an ayahuasca ceremony from people is, well, am I, is what I'm saying real? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know if it's real, but it, if it's real to you, then it's real to you. I think many people think that ayahuasca has answers. I think what ayahuasca does for many people is realize is, is start to realizing that you are always have the answers to whatever question you mm-hmm. have. I know many people that that are rather awake in their lives have done ayahuasca and are comp- stone sober for most of the ceremony because they're walking around with the sense of awakeness and they're working they're walking around with, with the openness sense of, and with willingness openness to look at their life. So yes. the psychedelic is gonna help them clarify rather than open up. No, is open. it a cleansing? Do you get insights? Do you do you yeah. see? Yes, is and uh, but it's definitely not the whole bowl of wax. Um, I, I, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done both in that space 
before that space and after that space. I think that's something that, so that, when that people, Dr. Gabor Mate was really yes. into. Um, it's definitely not for everybody. There's a lot of halachic shilas that come with it. I, I have yet to to meet someone that serves ayahuasca and is in that world that is the most healthiest, well-integrated person that I would want to have as a mashpia in my life. Yeah, so I that, think they carry medicine, my, but it's not yes. it. Yes, and so so the question that people have a lot for me lately, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure for you too, should I go or should I not? And um, I think the the answer is always going to be, well, what are you looking for? What are you searching for? I remember there was a ceremony on Hanukkah once, and there was this 18-year-old kid. I happen to have known him, and I'm like, so what are you looking for? It's like, oh, I'm looking to chill. <laughs> and there was like no vetting process, no, no, no intake so form, think, no whatever. So the, you mentioned this to me a few weeks ago that we're in the in the in the beginning of a certain wave, and therefore it's so not clear yet. It's so like not who, clear. when, how much, and and when people ask me should I go, my answer to them is, um, it's first of all, it's a question of I have it written down somewhere. I want to pull this piece of paper, but um. Um, it's really the first real question is 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 with whom who is really that hosting is. it who is who is running it who is like because holding space is 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 a it's a real thing when it comes to work like that like yes. when the brain is, goes through such waves of intense um, emotional psychological psychological downloads and processing and feelings yes it's really important what what expectations is set for myself after? How often is the second thing that I always tell people? Mm-hmm. It's almost like with whom, how often, and the other, the third thing that I that I like to tell people, and I, that's what I've told myself for years. When I said no, I've done. I didn't tell you that I've done a psychedelic experience. What did you do? I have. I did. I did San Pedro. Oh wow! <laughs> it was Welcome. really, yeah, it was really, really nice. And um, the the and what you described about not having having a very clear experience was mine. Mm-hmm. And um, I've learned a lot about myself, about life, and it's probably why I'm podcasting right now. Thanks to that clarity of understanding where I need to go and to stop avoiding my own reality because of fear. You're definitely going to start getting clear where you are in your own way. <laughs> it's yeah. not going to yeah. get you out of your own way. No. Though. No, I need I need to just put in the work, which is what this entire. If I I don't know yet the topic of this thing, but this is def- definitely the theme of the conversation mm-hmm. we're having. Is like how do I get out of my own way? And there is almost no answer. It's just knowing what is not going to help, <laughs> like trial I'll, and error. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, alcohol is not going to do it. I learned that many, many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, um, workshops is going to give me a lot of insight and and it gave me access to so much friendship and support. And mm-hmm. the next thing on the table, okay, will psychedelics get me out of my own way? So will uh, it take my pain away? And um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm coming back from where you're going, but. Um... <laughs> um I, I could I could firmly say it's not it's going to really 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 op- potentially open you up and that's why the who you're sitting with is is integral. Yeah. Uh you're it's an extremely vulnerable experience. You are accessing realms inside of your own consciousness that you do not normally access. That said, and because you don't do that, it is extremely extremely vulnerable. And the makif that holds that vulnerability is going to matter. And any 
stink that creates that circle is going to yeah <laughs> is yeah. going to be a part of that experience yeah, which is why i've said no for so many years uh, can you move, just move this a little closer yeah okay yeah so th that is why i've said no from the first thought i had during my my experience was i'm so so grateful i've said no till now mm -hmm. so there was there was a person that's actually um that's actually very very deep into that into in, into ayahuasca circles these days and he'll probably stay there for a minute as long as he's going to stay there he asked me his first time should i go and i've, I've got this question many times and i would the answer i usually say is i do not like getting in between somebody and the medicine uh it's it's kind of my respect to to their process and my respect to um that space i'm I, I told him that give it six months of breath work before he goes. Yes. Yes. That, and this that was is, years ago. Yeah. So this part of part ago. of like the, the the holding, who is holding me inside a an experience a ceremony is me. Correct. So if I show yeah, medicine by definition is to to treat something that's like that's sick. Correct. Given the dynamic, it, there is a lot more parts to the medicine than the medicine. Like the ceremony isn't all that's playing a part. Yes. It's me that's showing up to it that's playing a part. And and anything that feels like a fix is not going to work. So it's it's so Maestro Manuel Rufino would would usually say the real ceremony is after the ceremony. Yes. And I think one thing that the medicine has showed me over the years, and I'm, I'm conscious about who's going to wind up hearing this, but hey, I'm here. Hi. Good morning. Is that the point of the ceremony is not the ceremony. The point of the workshop is not the workshop. The point of, of the medicine is for you to live your life and to make the moves that you're not making and be loving and be compassionate. Yes. And, uh, and, and it's interesting. I, I've spoken to many, many, many people over the last six months and specifically about values. And I think psychedelics are going to show you, not necessarily going to show you what you've, it's going to show you what you already know um, deal with the Ramchal is going to say, I'm not going to tell you anything new, but these are the values that you're going to wind up constructing your life around. This is what draws you back from it. This is what you got to do. And now go, now go live. Yeah. And that said, many people who are carrying guilt, who are carrying shame, who don't really know how to pierce that, that glass ceiling have found psychedelic work extremely, extreme, extremely beautifully healing. And I think the more healing you have found it is probably going to dictate how, how fast you're going to run back. And the work that you do uh, in between is going to dictate how fast you're willing to come back as well as yes. who's giving in. And, and, that the, space. and the, 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 the rule that I have received is, is, is like spreading it out is so, so important. And the leaders that I know in this work, like they don't let anyone back before four to six months. Correct. Like serious. And this going every month Shabbos, like in order to function Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and it wears off by Wednesday, like, uh, like it's it's not you're living in that. It, it's like you got to get really clear on what realm you're living in. Then <laughs> yeah, I think it's. I'm not going to say it's good or bad. Good and bad is kind of a judgment. But you're going to have to be really realistic, real and honest. All right, but we're not talking for people talking. that are finding themselves and that's where they're at. No judgment. I love, like a lot of people that do that. I love them dearly and they're good friends. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about people that are asking the question, should I go or should I not? That's where these points come in. Should I go or should I not? A, 
the so, right people. So it also depends on your context with this person. I've met people that the first time they're meeting me on an intake call, they're like, they're, they want to work on their anxiety or they want to work on their depression and they're talking about breath work or the breath work that it takes. It's like, okay, so you think I should take shrooms? I was like, no. Right. No. Right. So there is a yes or no that's worth to be said and there's... No, I, I don't like, think so. I'm yeah, like, you could do whatever yeah, you want. Yes. I don't think so. Yeah. That, that if you're just knocking on the door yeah. and then want to take a, a, a battering ram to it, no, knock again. Yeah. Knock again and then yeah. knock again and yeah. then maybe Chop something's going to answer. Chop wood. <laughs> Chop, Chop wood. wood. Being able to accomplish a life that feels, um, for, I'm an empath and I'm surrounded with a lot of empaths, so the word wholehearted makes sense. A mm-hmm. life that feels wholehearted and okay and not constantly anxiety driven and with good connection will take a lot of chopping wood and although um, psychedelics have an aspect of chopping wood because there's so much it's so difficult for many and it takes a toll on the on the physical body Mm -hmm. that's that's gonna that's the entrance fee to the experience itself it's not the entrance to what it takes to chop wood on day to day I think it's also, it bears mentioning, and I'll speak this as a, as, as a vet <laughs> in, in, in that realm, for many years, it can fool you. Yes. It can fool you, and you will be married to a perception, no pun intended, that you will find in that space. Mm. And you can convince yourself and become codependent or narcissistically codependent. Yes, I'm saying those words because, you know, once you're opening it, you have to open it to versions of 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 seeing yourself and it's very dangerous yeah. it's very very dangerous i've it's, seen it's very dangerous to my actual potential too besides for the messes that it can create in marriage and in life like if the ultimate is me living my potential the danger is to that when i took someone um someone that i know and i'll keep this this someone that i know i i came to a ceremony once and they went, and the second they, they, they ingested, they're like, not for me, uh, went to go throw it up. And I, was, I wasn't really judgmental of it, but I, I asked them why. And they told me, it's like, I do not want this to paint the rest of my mm. experience of life, period. When anybody who will, will tell you that there is life before shrooms and then there's life after shrooms. There's before ayahuasca and then there's after ayahuasca. Not that ayahuasca is it at all. It's not. But it will, it, it, there will always be a, a stroke, a, a, a roshem from, from those experiences because it's in that space you're, being, you're becoming intimate with, your, with, with, a, with yourself by way of a substance. That is what is going on and is so giving you the perceived. So what I hear you say is that it's extremely valuable that even if I'm, if someone hasn't done this yet and they're considering, they should first keep knocking on the door and notice why they want it. What are they lacking? Become familiar with the world, world of void. So there you is have a integration mean. in place where, yes. are, and if you want to go and have a night, I've never taken shrooms. I don't, I never went to go trip shrooms. I didn't go to concerts uh, as a kid. I never dropped acid for fun. Like I, I just, it, it wasn't me. Uh, it's if, if you ask my wife, they're like, "Oh, you just like doing drugs." I'm like, I, I, I tried to be very contextual and tried to work with facilitators and be facilitated and, and do work while I was in those spaces. The, you need Kalem. You need integration. You yeah. need journaling. You need to. There, 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 there are literally courses for this. It's, yeah. it's, it's funny. I recently spoke with someone. Um, who's taking a course in psychedelic integration, then had their first trip 
recently. Like, it's kind of interesting to me. You're not tripping before uh, taking a course, but okay, teach your own. And they called me a week and a half afterwards. They're like, no, I need a session. I need to, I need to integrate that. Like, there's yeah. something that was stuck. And yes. they had this famous fear of like, I feel like I scratched my disc. You did. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's nothing, again, there's nothing wrong with you. But what needs to happen is that there are cycles that need to finish. Right. If the goal is to live authentically and to live fully and to give this world all I got and myself the best chance of, li of, li of living a Gaula kind life. You know, a life of 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 of, of leaving my my constrictions and and really impacting the world with love and with wisdom and with opportunity and with hope. It's gonna have to take a lot more than one night of oh my god, I'm blissed out for one night or I release. So, and I think I think that this conversation is is not talking at all about when it's intentional psychedelics with a practitioner, a therapist, or a psychiatrist. That I'm talking about the way it's we know it in our circles i'm not talking about uh, you know a center where there's ptsd and we're, i'm not talking about that at all because they create all that i'm talking about for people that don't know how to so i think uh, one know. thing that's coming to mind and i spoke to a dian recently about this uh who's spoken to enough people on it i don't think he's ever uh experienced it himself uh, although he didn't share it with me who knows who knows <laughs> um he definitely has a psychedelic mind <laughs> Uh, that there winds up being this almost acceptance of a lazy attitude, almost like an atzlis that comes after in those spaces because I've been able to let go of a lot of stuff or a lot of baggage in those spaces and kind of wake up. There, there almost want, there, there almost starts to be this lack, uh, this, le this, this levity and almost like laxness that winds up coming in in their day-to-day -day. right where if i'm okay and i'm loved and everything is love and everything is love and everything is love then okay do i actually need to get up in the morning now many people do and then there are some people you know hashem is here hashem is there hashem is everywhere and hashem loves me and i'm one with the universe yeah. so it's like let's just chill and let's pray right, right. and for that to not happen there's certain things kalim and vessels and practices and processes that are needed mm -hmm. and and in my experience the experience is very different than what i've heard from others my experience wasn't was very different and that's <laughs> as a result of of waiting and of um, waiting for my body to be ready for feeling that the spit it's not a forced thing no one pushed me or pitched me or needed oh you need to no you always said that after a workshop no one needs to do this workshop yeah and it's so so true no one needs to anything it's like like if the purpose is healing is then heal like no as soon as i'm needing to anything it goes against what i'm after like so i, I think it was definitely after this this COVID did a lot to a lot of people. One mm -hmm. of the things that it did is it kind of, um, and I said this a lot in the Vessel of Truth course, it tightened this mirror cage that we're all in. It's not my term, Phil Swan, who you don't particularly like, said this once, but it's like we're all living in well, this Well, you didn't cage. watch a documentary. Not yet. As soon as you watch a documentary, so it will be like... things to watch. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. We, we've, we've agreed on not watching it. So it, choke, it, it chokes this, this glass cage that we live in. And it started, it needed to break. And one of the ways it, it, it broke was, was with psychedelics. And that's, it, it became all the craze specifically in the, in the from communities. And then this one wants to talk about it. And that one wants to talk about it. And like, oh, this one needs it. Or this one that needs it. And what I found 
again, maybe because I, I've been in it as long as I'm, I've been in it, it's like, no, this doesn't necessarily have to happen yet. And at the same time, I, I, if it's happening, it's happening. I think Moshe Weiss said this, and like, you know, somebody's got to do it. So at least somebody is taking, at least there are spaces that people can find what they want or what they need. And it's not for me to call it dysfunctional or not dysfunctional. Uh, Again, right, right. We're totally not talking about the people that are in it. We're not t judging our friends. I'm not like at all I mean, talking about that. <laughs> yeah, and that like that's not the purpose of this conversation. The purpose of this conversation is when someone asks the question, should I? Like I've asked myself, should I? Like you're asking yourself, like in our conversation the last half a year on certain things, should I and should I not? Is like this, this is like more like what I'm trying to talk about or people that are in it and it's not enough. I so, think this was in the like nonviolent communication book. It's like, am I, I'm looking for the next life affirming choice. And many stories could dictate what's life affirming for me or I could keep on relating to reality, relating to myself and kindness and love uh, in relationship to God, higher power, call it whatever you will, is this yeah. is this good for me? Yeah, is this me? And going, if I don't even know the answer to that, then it's probably not time yet. If I, I don't know agree. the answer, if if this is something I should do or do or not, I need someone to tell me, then it's probably not time yet. And, and then it's just just a, just a hunch. You know what? And a little it's, hunch. It's interesting because in the same breath, I could say the people that make it to a breathwork group. Um, there are many people that don't want to come because they know that when they step into that space, they're going to have a breathwork experience, which is is going to be very reminiscent to psychedelic experiences. I just had some kind with me. It was adorable. He was this big guy, 32, addict, been to rehab, you know, did all that, but he was one of these really extroverted uh, fat guys, recovering addicts with a family, like, it was really, he was really full. adorable. He's like, yeah. he was really full. That is, that is such a good word for him. He was like, dude, I, I, I did ayahuasca, but this, this breathwork thing that you're putting me through is, is something yeah. else. Yeah. Um, because you're not relying on a substance. Any kind of breathwork practice is probably a really, really good integrating tool. Yes. Really good, specifically the people that hold space for the breathwork experience, either in one-on-one -on -one or in group, know what I have been through in the in my peak experience mm -hmm. so if they hold space for my breath work in front of the session and that then then i it actually is a very useful tool um to integrate and to bring it into my mushes into day-to-day -day, into mm -hmm. practice it's going to be that idea of choice the the, the choice mm -hmm. to breathe the choice to I, I choose to breathe i choose to go through this process i choose to breathe in the circle yes. i choose to breathe through my mouth i choose i choose mm -hmm. to make a sound i choose to move um can someone i'm sure someone could uh touch that and and hold that and embrace that in a psychedelic experience like it's and like own that and like orient themselves to that and that's going to be really working in conjunction with the, with a substance one of the most beautiful things about the presence process yes uh, was which is an amazing book an amazing process and painful for a lot of people that wind up going through it is how do i just really rely on myself and my own sense of presence and relationship to myself and breathwork is that place where yes. you're working with you. Yes. And um, where I'm literally I'm, integrating. I'm practicing integration by consciously choosing to breathe. I think that's that's what I that's one of the, the spaces that I think I love most about this work. Yeah. Is is that breathwork space. It's been with me since the first time I did shofar and yeah. since <laughs> like really 
I don't know about day one, but day two or day three of it. Yeah. Um, and working with it and being a student of it. And I'm extremely, extremely, extremely grateful to, to yeah. breathwork for it. And then I'm like smiling to myself because I can see, <laughs> I could see what, what, how it's evolving and emerging and yeah, it's, it's quite astounding actually. Yeah. Leave it to Jews to make money from people breathing. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's yeah. It's like, is it dangerous to breathe? Uh, yeah, I think it's dangerous to not breathe. <laughs> um, but there is exceptions to this. Like, there is um, certain conditions where deep breathing can actually be dangerous. But uh, again, disclaimer moment. But yeah, as a, for for a regular healthy body, it's like breath work is not dangerous. The opposite. It's an entrance and a gateway to so mm -hmm. many things because it's i'm really looking just like i'm really looking at how i'm orienting to reality which i think is is the goal of the work mm -hmm. the goal of the work is really who who is driving your bus um who is the i who's who who are you and sometimes who you are is the one that's asking the question mm -hmm. and so how do i really deepen my relationship with that Nikudata Bechira that, that I have I, inside of me. Yeah. With, it, with I or whatever that is and learning that and spending time on that. Yes. And it, and it gives me a freedom to choose. Like many of us grew up in a system where God wasn't a... I almost want to say it facetiously, like God wasn't a choice. And don't make God lose out from you not being able to choose him. Mm -hmm. And I think doing this work has really allowed people to... It is to so like, wonderful to be... Orthodox Jewish after what is it for me 13 14 years with therapy probably 14 years of therapy and self-work mm -hmm. it's such a different Yiddish guide yeah it's like <laughs> it's a it's a different everything my life then now but there is shadows and parts that are showing up I, I think you know parts so are I, the I, same I gotta give Journey to Home credit for this it was really it wasn't ex being exposed to Chabad that made me I think more Jewish. It was it was actually the Hamish community in Amansi and the real Hasidim uh yes Chabad, you're Hasidic too, but the real Hasidim that kind of opened my And now my you're eyes practicing up. Chabad, like you're learning daily Chabad learnings through the Hasidim. And I'm not sure they're gonna be very proud of that. No, I'm, I'm, i learned Chabad, <laughs> I learned my Shiloh, I learned Moranayim, I learned Rabbi Nachman, like I'm Hashem, I'm I've covered my you're bases. <laughs> My, no, my, your status you've been posting uh, the what is that yom yom? the hayom yom yeah. I got into but through Hasidim that's the yeah. that's the Mashiach's times where you come to a yom yom through four years of exposure to to good food you know what Simcha <laughs> said this Sem, Simcha said this uh, years ago uh, he said this while while Shofar was getting taken down he was like you know nobody has a monopoly over Judaism mm. and Emes is Emes so hayom yom is 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 a channel and I think what I try to be is be open, be open to whatever channel is coming through. Now it could be through coming through the Maranayim, it could be coming through the Ramchal. Yes, do I enjoy stuff better than others? Yes. Yeah, and <laughs> yes. also now, and also we shift and we move and we'll invite different things at different parts and times in our life. Yes. And and because you, I want I want this clear, especially when we're talking about this inner work. Who who you work with matters. And how they perceive the world matters. If you are going to make yourself a cleat keeble to somebody, if you want to be a macabre from somebody, you have to A, be really clear on the giver and what you're looking to be filled with. So um, 
I, I know, I'm not saying I'm, I'm definitely not the authority, but it's different. It's different when the person that you're talking about is your Shemaim, is has has Torah on his side and he's not using it to contort or you know push yeah. an agenda. But we're talking about MS. If we're seeking MS, we surround ourselves with MS. And mm-hmm. the real um you know the thing with MS is that it's one. And if it if like if we have two opposite opinions, how could we be both MS? But there is a part behind the opinion that is MS. So there's something within, like there's a common finding that is MS. And I think so that's one of the things I learned with Burak and some Mimer from Hutner and Rosh Hashanah, where he speaks about, um, can I go into the whole Dvar Torah thing, I guess? We're going to well, end with that. We're going to end with it because I also have Torah in it. Um, right, so Yudin, huh. um, we have this, we, we say in Davni Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, Ki Ata Hashem Elokim MS. Now, why on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur do I talk about MS so much? Why am I talking? Why am I qualifying entirely being of the on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur? Usually, there's two ways to relate to MS. Either A, I'm relating on one level of MS, MS and Sheker. That's not the, the MS that we're talking Meaning about. Meaning MS versus Sheker. MS versus Sheker as a realm of duality. Mm. That's not what we're talking about on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. We're talking about the MS, the MS all so, of it includes the, MS the, MS the real mm. MS is that uh, the, the, the real MS is that, is that there is only one God and we're all finding our own ways to that God and so that is, so is, is let me find my way to that own, to my own oneness so I trust your relationship to that MS and I think you trust my relationship to that MS and the colors that you use in order to find your way back home are different than my colors yes. that I find that, yes. that I find my way back home. Like I'm going to Jer- I'm, I'm going to Flatbush, you're going to Jersey, but yeah, but we're still part of that same circle. Yeah. And I think find if a person has a sense of their MS, um, it, it's 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 good to surround themselves. It's good when I surround myself with the MS that I'm that's building me. Yes. So and when no force, it's like, oh, do I need to go to that? Do I not go to that? What feeds my best version of myself, which is my ultimate MS? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that something else is bad, or that's why I'm not talking about friends. That so how do I know things. if something's MS or not? If if I don't know, means I need to keep chopping wood and not. <laughs> <laughs> so give me a way. Anything, you chop wood. Give me two ways you chop wood. Two ways I chop wood. Um, as a tool. Or what? I, like, okay. So if I don't know something, when I'm in procrastination, for starters, I um, allow myself to be in that place. That's mm-hmm. what I've really been up to lately. Is mm-hmm. allowing myself for starters to not resolve it prematurely mm-hmm. or dumbly. And I've learned lately that the value of asking the question is so much more than answering it, because the answer for whatever debate or doubt I'm having is going to change based so on circumstances. So you spend time tomorrow. asking, "Is this MS?" Or no, I'm going to spend time. I'm going to spend time asking myself, like I have with psychedelics for years. On a big, like this is we're talking about this. So it's a lot of patience asking, in that. Yeah, I've asked myself for years: should I, should I not? And I've developed the ability to not resolve it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I and I, the answer was no. That's mm-hmm. by the way that that's the answer and the ability to stay with a question. So on a day to day, when I don't know something or I don't know if to go to somewhere or do something or not do something. My question, like, heck, this thing, am I going to post it? Are we going to release it or not? That's going to be a I question. I have no idea. Right, like, this is a question. And, <coughs> and and for starters, the fact that I can ask the question is something that I find is a very 
valuable emotional development to sit and ask mm-hmm. instead of resolving it's a yes it's a no it's a what like so that's one piece of my own work is to sit with with questions long enough and to notice the, the feelings behind it the triggers behind it any part that i can do myself i will and very often i'll get my answer by mm-hmm. just having the ability to sit which is my definition of meditation mm-hmm. that's what i'm doing at that workshop a lot is like my definition of meditating is to allow myself to just become aware of what's happening and the second Second part that's extremely valuable in my life is good connection. Mm-hmm. Is to reach out and people that I reach out to that end up, I feel more confused. It's nothing against them. Only my my lowest side would judge them. But in a functional, practical, I have a family, I have work, I have a job, I have a life, I have to do things in my life. I'll surround myself with people. And that helped me clarify whatever I need to clear up. So you will rub that question of is this MS or is this MS for me right now around other people that value your sense of MS? Yeah. And sometimes by just sharing, that's what I've noticed lately, things will clear up as soon mm-hmm. as I share in the way that they hear. There's so much that happens that we don't that I don't know about. I know that science has a bunch of data now and what happens in human connection and mm-hmm. how that works. There's so much like like it's actual black and white these days, so much of it. Unrelated to the science, there's so much that happens in the act of being vulnerable, Brene Brown's work. So as soon as I'm, if I can sit with a question and then I share it from a place of like, you know, this is my support and and I value the sharing, that's half. And then people are, I have, like, I'm blessed to have smart people in my life. Mm-hmm. They have good points. <laughs> they make a good point. You make sense. You make sense. When they say no to something, I, I he, what I hear you say is that you don't really want to do it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. No, you said that. I'm like, I said that? Yeah, you're just doubting yourself. I'm like, that's valuable friendship. Yeah. If it's coaches yeah. or therapists or 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 friends, they it's see, like they see the MS that's that's hiding behind yes, that doubt that you're trying yes. to put in front of it. And and they can't reflect that to me if I'm not willing to look at the doubt even. Mm-hmm. So the first part for me has <laughs> been really to look at at a doubt, at questions, and noticing that an answer is just applies for as long as it applies and then dynamics change and circumstances change so the answer might be different so right? i think so i really i what's really appreciate two? what you're saying what's your two so of late and it's funny because some decisions are do we want to eat home or do we want to eat yeah go out totally which is what do i want to do for shabbos which is annoying it, uh. it, it, and and I, I don't know if i've spoken to you about this maybe we have it drives me up a wall yeah we have this every week these small decisions oh my god we were invited this shabbos now it's thursday i'm invited this shabbos lately text me the other day we're invited for lunch check <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it took two hours to get to schmoozing to where we wanted to get. <laughs> it happens when it happens. My, my like so, so what I do in order to check whether it's MS, I learned to to ask my wife, and I think really because that well, I want to be the truest me, the most MS dick that I want to be, or at least have the space where that could come out is with her. So I want to ask her to see like whatever I'm going to choose is this going to find a sense of alignment with her. Now, obviously, there will be things I, w- I won't need to ask her, but, like, I'm going to want to bounce it off, specifically when it comes to showers, because I don't want to make the decision. Yeah. It doesn't really happen because she's ping-pongs it back to me. But now that I have checked that that box, I sit in the question, and sometimes I, I see it. I see myself not wanting to make the decisions. Like, you know, once you make the decision, it's going to, it's going to feel better. Yeah. Uh, so I either... A, I make the decision. B, I, I, I give it some time. I give it some patience. I let myself not 
stress or dwelling it. And I kind of, I let the the universe, I let, <laughs> I let reality, I let the reality show itself to me. Yeah. It's like, okay, where is the energy that's going to show? Give me, give me a sign. Then give me a signier sign, and then it will give me a signier signier sign. <laughs> just, and, and just then, feeling into to what happens the next moment and what happens the next moment and then it's like very clear then it was like very 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 clear like wow why do i think we're not why do i think we're not talking about shabbos and where to eat <laughs> anymore i mean that but that was yeah. it that but was that, it but too. That, that, that's that's chopping wood chopping wood means that how do i relate to small decisions who is around me so who am i inviting so am, am i, I going in the time am i putting yeah. in the space to actually be warmed by that fire that i want to build that's how I'm hearing. That, that, that's what I'm hearing. And, and, I'm, and so I'm going to keep on asking the question, is this MS for me? And, and my ego is going to get entrenched in it. Yeah. I'm going to want to be perceived a certain way and it's going to get in and the shadows are going to come and then the people are going to see me and then it's going to poke and I'm going to feel and then I'm going to, then, uh, you know, I ask the friend and right. I, I give space for that doubt that winds right. up building up because if you're not careful, the indecision is going to give you a, buildup of doubt that you're going to have to take right. care of yeah it. which is referred to as procrastination because and it becomes a place to live in so I, when i'm talking about staying with the question i'm not referring to procrastination it's actually to staying with the aspects in me or the emotions that i'm that i'm that this brings up i'm not referring to living in procrastination but rather not looking as procrastination oh i'm procrastinating and i can't decide but looking at yeah there's emotions around decision it's funny and i'm okay to feel it the line that I, I keep on saying, I think I've said this, like I'm I'm paying the price for, of the choices that I didn't make. <laughs> and it's funny, somebody with merit back is like, oh no, you're cho- you're paying the consequences of the of the choices you made. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm paying also the prices of the choices. Which is that an I existential didn't make. trip if you start thinking uh, about it from a macro have, place. It's have a real, we spoken? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a real existential trip. Right? And and, and yeah. So and what's think, what if you have to sum up two? Like, what's your two ways of finding your MS and making decisions or living? So, and asking my wife and giving it space. Um, nice. Or asking a really, really good friend and, and giving it space. And that doesn't mean that I don't stress over it. That doesn't mean right. that I don't yeah. get engrossed in, is it the right thing to do? And the what I what I learned fairly recently, about three three and a half months ago, was right and wrong is a judgment. And the question is always going to be, is this the next life-affirming choice for me? Is this the next practical yeah. choice for me, for my family? Right. Does it build or does it break? Does it, does, it, does it build? Does it create more uh, of what needs to happen in my life or doesn't it? Is, is, really, this, yeah. is this in alignment with my values? Yeah. And many people will say, is, well, my value is MS. I'm like, is, it, is, it, is your value MS or is it your value your own version of MS? Um, a friend I have from a training that i took years ago my first training was martha beck's life code training it was mm-hmm. a 14 month beautiful program mm-hmm. so i made some really good friends there she said something really cool she said that there are two truths there mm-hmm. are big, big truths and, and little truths mm-hmm. she said big truths like don't kill doesn't change mm-hmm. under no circumstance True. then little truths those change all the time it's our job to keep changing them mm-hmm. i loved that like coming from where I'm coming from and that everything is a big truth, which creates so much dysfunction in my life. Because people want to hide behind an objective uh, truth. Yes, yes, because like, it's easier it than feeling the doubt. That's the Correct. kind of feeling the question yes. I'm referring to. I'm not referring to, oh, I'm procrastinating. Now let me build into an identity of procrastination. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about feeling the feelings that procrastination helps me avoid 
you know? So we, we, we actually spoke about this last week and I know you want to wrap up, but this is like a whole segment of being on the edge of that doubt where it's yes. like, I think you and I have two very, very different and complementary ways of how do we deal with that edge of totally. that doubt. And I think it's where we, you know, I'm the oldest, you're not the oldest or, or uh, we, the way we were raised, there's so much right. to be Your said. response to life when things are like coming at you is very different than mine, I think. Yeah. <laughs> or it used to be very different. And maybe we're like meeting somewhere. I, I, um, I think we're, I, I, my, my hope is, is that we're more congruent now because, or at least I'm, my hope is that I'm more congruent with, with who I really want to be and the way I deal with it these days. Uh, I had a question that I, that I wrote down and this maybe will really end. Like, are we, are we doing better than six months ago, than two months, two, than two years ago, than five years ago? I am. Emotionally. Clear. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen me. We've spoken so much on the phone. You haven't seen me in a while. You, you walked off to me. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, how about you? Yeah. 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 That yeah. doesn't deny the, 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 the heaviness of just feeling all day and all night yeah but it does it's a tribute to to you know on the whole i'm i'm, I'm i wasn't i'm 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 good on the whole of it i'm good yeah. i'm good and and i know and i keep on coming back to it and i could breathe into it and i'm proud of it and i and, and i celebrate it and i think that's that's a real gift that we keep on yeah coming back to i think this and that's is what a great... workshop is not going to give you yes <laughs> it's not going to give yeah, it to right you. not directly right yeah, this is fun. Okay. This is awesome. I want to do more of it. And, I wanna, and, and I'm going to post and I'm going to post this. We're going to share it. Thank you. Thanks for Thank First you. of all, this was trial and error. Last week I was all set up and it didn't work, so we we pushed it off another week. So it thank you. It happens when it happens. Yeah. And yeah, I'm 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 very curious. Very curious, patient and open to what the, this particular venue is is showing itself and i think i hope people find it of value that's yeah. that's my intention it's yeah. like I, I want someone to find a sense of, of value in what we're yeah. sharing i've 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 like the leadership i've been involved in from like receiving from leaders and and leading groups has been being authentic and really simple and has been giving a lot of value to people and to me from others mm. you know and i think we're we're aiming to do that Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Feel good. Uh, <laughs>